Well, my friends, today we get the conclusion of what is this parable, this discourse of parables, this collection of parables from our Lord in the 13th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. And these are sometimes, these three parables we have are sometimes just lumped together, called three parables about the kingdom, or they are uh, considered individually. And I think when we consider them both individually and together, uh, they really do teach us something about the kingdom and the way that different people find their way to the kingdom of heaven. And so the first is the treasure, right? Uh, the, the man who finds a treasure in a field, buried in a field, and out of joy goes and sells all he has and he buys the field. He, he finds it almost by accident. Right? You get the sense that this is a dude who's just walking through a field and, oh, look, a buried treasure. Wow. What? How? I'm going to bury it again so no one else finds it. I'm going to go be sure I buy this whole field so that it's mine. And he, he finds it by accident. And there are people that find the Catholic Church by accident. That they just stumble into some meeting with Catholics or some group or they don't even like, they, they don't know anything about the faith, but somehow just by accident, maybe through a coworker or a friend or going to a funeral and they've never been at Catholic church before, but something like that, they find it by accident. And when they do, and if they really encounter it in a deep way, they realize like, I need this, like this, wow. This is, this is something that I want, I want to be part of. Uh, we had, uh, we've had a number of people, uh, just in the last number, few years, uh, decide to enter the Catholic Church, to become Catholic, whether to be baptized or whether to um, be received into full communion if they were Protestant. And uh, I remember one story of someone who uh, went to a different group, like a different social action group, and found that most of the people involved in that group were Catholics. It's like, oh, wow, the Catholics believe this too. Huh. And, and just made friends with some of the Catholics that were part of that group, and then eventually learned more about the church and decided to become Catholic uh, herself. And, and just, it was an accident to find the kingdom and to decide um, to enter it. The second is the merchant who is not so much find something by accident, but is looking. It is searching for pearls. This is a merchant in search of fine pearls. And when he finds one um, of great price, right? This is a super expensive pearl, right? You find like the most expensive one. And you're like, yeah, I'm buying that, right? I'm buying that thing, right? So uh, he goes and he sells all that he has and buys it. And... Um, that is, you know, we have the people that maybe don't find the church by accident, but they're looking for something. They're looking for meaning in life. They're looking for some form of fulfillment. And their heart is restless. St. Augustine said, our hearts are made for you, O Lord, and they're restless until they rest in you. Our heart is restless until it rests in God. And so how many people are there in the world that are searching for something? They're looking for meaning. They're looking for fulfillment. They're looking for community, for this uh, church family. And when they find it, they realize, I need this. Yes, I need this. I need this in my life. This is the answer to what I've been looking for. Now, 
Here's the thing that those two groups have in common. They go and with joy, we hear out of the first one, and the other one just does it because he knows what he has to do, sells everything they have to buy. Sells everything that they have. And that is those who have to make a conscious decision to convert to our faith, oftentimes can do it in the face of great opposition. That they are opposed by family members, by friends, by old friend groups. Those who decide that they're going to live differently, that they're going to live a more converted life, a more virtuous life, can be opposed by the friends with whom they used to party and do all kinds of immoral things. They could be opposed. Or they could be opposed by people that are convinced of another form. I know one of our uh, university students who became Catholic, um, her family is fiercely opposed to this, such that she can't live at home anymore. She's not allowed to live at home with her family because she decided to become Catholic. And for her, she would say, it's worth it. It's worth it 100%. Because this is the pearl of great price. This is, with joy, it's worth selling everything. To, to, to have this in our life. Then we have the final one, which is the net, which is thrown into the sea and collects all kinds of fish, right? All kinds of fish. And that is probably the majority of us, that those who are raised Catholic, right? We were raised in the faith. We were born to probably Catholic parents. We were baptized as infants. Maybe we went to Catholic school. And so we are the large bunch of pre-existing Catholics, right? And we are like the net. We are all grouped together. And now with the fish, notice the fish caught in the net. It's not really oftentimes a personal decision. It is you're part of the group. You're part of the culture. But there's a real danger there. Because if it's never become a personal decision, if I've never actually engaged my faith, then I don't have that commitment that those first two categories of people have. And it's only with the last parable, it's only with the net of those, the large group that Jesus gives the, the warning, right? That when, when they haul it ashore and sit down and put it, what's good into buckets and what's bad they throw away. And so it's, it's a scandal, it's, it's sad, but it's true and we see it, it's, you see it with your plain eyes that there's so many people that are born into the church, baptized in the church, make some of their sacraments, maybe go to Catholic school, go to faith formation, get their confirmation, and then what? Then adios, right? They're, they're not, they don't practice faith. They may be okay, then they come back and they get married in the church. Great. But that's it. That's the next time they're in church, you know, for the last 20 years and for the next 50 years. Or no, they'll come back. They'll get the kids baptized. Okay, good. Like, these are good actions, but it's insufficient. It's not enough. We, our faith has to be lived. It has to be consciously lived. And so uh, we need to be aware that if we're part of the net, if we're in that group, and if we know friends and family members that are also part of that group, we need to be encouraging this actually living our faith. That it's not just, well, I got baptized. Like, that's good enough. It's necessary, but it's, it's not enough. You need to live it, right? You need, to, you need to actually be living this every day. Anytime someone starts a conversation with me or an argument uh, that begins with, I went to Catholic school. Like, great. 
so did I. For, I went to Catholic school for 22 years, right? I got to 22nd grade, so here we go. But no, like anytime I went to Catholic school, oh great, here we go, right? Uh, no, it's not enough, I went to Catholic school, great. Uh, but are we living it? Do you live it today? I went to Catholic school, did you go to mass today? Right? Have you encountered our Lord? Have you been back in the church and is it an active part of your life? And so if we, we who are part of the net, need to be aware and we need to make that choice to actually live our faith and the zeal of our brothers and sisters who have had to enter the church and sometimes a great sacrifice should be an inspiration to us to say, I've been given, I had it from birth and do I, do I appreciate this the way that someone who gets kicked out of their family home would appreciate and see the value of what we live. Then this is just the last point, right? So then Jesus finishes with, uh, every scribe who's been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. And I think that when we consider that with our parish community, with our community of faith, that we want both the new and the old, right? So we want those who have been parishioners, who are parishioners. We want those who are, are part of our community, absolutely, right? We are the parish, but it's not just us. We want more people. We want new people. We want to be inviting the new people in. We want the new people to feel welcome. So it's both the new and the old. And every community shouldn't just say, this is our community, preserve it just like it is, rather the new and the old. We want more people coming in, and uh, we want to love and nourish those that are already here. So let's have that mindset with our parish community. That's not enough that we just retain numbers, right? No, no. Let's bring in new people. Let's keep inviting them in. We're going to be kicking off, and there'll be information about it in the coming weeks, our order of Christian initiation for adults, right? Our classes for any of our adults who want to become Catholic, whether Protestant, unbaptized, or just Catholics that need to finish their sacraments of initiation. We've got a great program we're putting together. So we want to be inviting more and more people in. We want new people, and we want to be sure that we're taking care of and loving and engaging those that have been here their entire life. And so let's ask our Lord for this grace to see and then particularly for those of us that are part of the culture of the church, to live, to live faithfully our faith, to be those good fish so that we can share the kingdom of heaven with those that are new and all of our totally um, committed community.